Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Praise God. Well, welcome back to Wisdom and Stuff podcast. This is Daryl Boucher, and we are on session number two of uh, just talking about times and seasons and and kind of the difference between those two and how to cooperate with the seasons that uh, are in our life. And when we begin to understand seasons, this helps us tremendously because, uh, you know, here it says, you know, in, in well, in Mark chapter 4, let me just read the, the, the account here. And I'm, this is after he's explained the parable of the sower and different things like this, and he's still kind of, you know, expounding on these thoughts. Uh, but he says in verse 26, and Jesus said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and he should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knows not how, for the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Now, you know, in this whole chapter, he's talking about likening the word of God in us to obviously seed in the ground. And um, and here he he's he's he he likens this to a man who goes and he says hey he he puts it in and he and he, and he sleeps and and it, it it grows up and he doesn't even know how it works and you know really science still doesn't know how seeds work seeds are amazing because they carry the DNA of. I mean, they don't just even carry the DNA of, of, of a single plant. They actually carry, you know, the DNA of, of, of multiple plants as far as, you know, what I'm saying is like you know, a corn, like a tree seed. If you put as plant, an acorn in the ground, it, yes, it grows up one, one tree. It grows up one tree, right? One tree comes out of that acorn, but it carries hundreds of acorns with it, right? And so that one seed carries the potential for hundreds of trees, thousands of trees, generationally, you know, within just a few generations, that one seed would create a whole forest. So that one seed carries the DNA of a forest. That one seed carries a perpetual DNA. And so that's once the word of God in our hearts carries a perpetual DNA. It's not just for one harvest. It's not just for one thing to grow up. You know, one verse in our heart carries a generational perpetual DNA to literally change the environment. If you were to plant one tree, if you just plant one tree, um, you know, in 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 a field, and suddenly after after a year you have one tree coming up, and then after a few years you have a few more trees, and then after after you know another generation passes, those few trees, bam 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 bam. After just a couple generations, you would have a whole forest, and now suddenly that forest would actually change the actual atmosphere. It would change the landscape. It would change the how much water is drawn in. It would change how many animals could live there. It would change everything just by planting one seed in the ground. And this is this is the DNA of the Word of God, the DNA of the Word of God. Uh, understanding this is, he, he goes, the sower sows the Word, right? That's what he says at the beginning of the parable of the sower. The sower sows the Word. And he says that, that the soil is our heart. The sower sows the Word, and the soil is our heart. It's not our brain. Our brain isn't meant to figure the Word of God out. Our 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 brain is meant to yield to the Word of God so it operates at a higher level in conjunction with the mind of Christ. But 
uh, the, the sower sows the word. And the word of God, being this seed, carries the DNA of the one who designed it. That's God himself, right? An acorn carries the DNA of, of an oak tree, but the word of God carries the DNA of God himself. It's infinite. It's as infinite as God is infinite. <coughs> it has no less power than God himself. The word of God has no less power than the word than, than God himself because it, it, because he is his own word. Jesus was the word made flesh. Jesus was the word manifest. His word is not just a an expression of of communication. His word is him. His word is is it talks about how all things are are held in consistency by the word of his power. That that you know, he can't separate himself from his word. He is his word. They are all one. It says in in 1 John, you know, it says, it says that 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 the 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 word and the spirit and and the blood are all one. They are all one. You can't separate these things. And so when his word goes in our heart, God himself is going in our heart. God's DNA is going in our heart. God's 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 limitlessness is going in our heart and our heart is designed to actually to bear fruit from that. Now, it, it, it requires a few things, right? It, just talking about simple simple farming. I, I, I'm never going to claim to be a farmer. I, I, I've not ever farmed. Uh, Rachel's dad was a farmer when he was on the earth. He knew, obviously, a lot more about this than I did. But, you know, I have planted a few things. I have grown a few things. Uh, but that doesn't make me a farmer. I just kind of know some principles about this. So what it requires is requires seed, it requires soil, and it requires the right environment, right? And so the seed... Uh, like Jesus talks about the seed, the sower sows the word, and uh, we know the potential of that seed. Okay, then it, then it requires soil, and that's what the parable of the sower is all about. He's talking about four different types of soil. That the seed itself, even though it carries the potential, you know, like if, if I have an acorn or whatever, uh, if I have an acorn, it carries the potential of a generational potential of a forest. It carries the, the, the potential within it of one tree initially. But now if I take that seed, if I take that acorn and I go and I put it on my you know, concrete driveway out front, it's not going to grow anything. It really won't. It doesn't matter how much time goes by. It's just going to sit there. Right now, because it, it's not designed to grow in concrete. It's designed to grow in soil. And so the, the, what, where the seed is uh, really is, 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 is a determining factor on what the seed does. If I, once again, let's say I, I have my concrete driveway out there and I, I go and I put an acorn out there and I come back, you know, um, in, you know, whatever, a few months and it hasn't blown away, <laughs> you know, the acorn's still sitting there. It's not, it, it, is, it is, there's nothing sprouting. It's not broken apart. It's not ready to, it's not germinating. Nothing is happening with that. And so the answer is not getting more acorns. Even if I had a dump truck full of acorns and I poured them on my driveway, they're still not going to grow because the amount of seed doesn't matter if the soil isn't right. And that's what Jesus was trying to say uh, with the parable of, the, of, the, of the, the sower. And he's sitting there going, listen, it's not about what is, breaking it down like this, it's not about what's coming out of, out of, out of the, the, the teacher or the preacher's mouth. The seed is being sown. The, the, the determining factor is not what's being said, it is what's being received by the heart of the individual that's hearing it. And so uh, this is why you can sit in a church service and you can have you know four different people sitting right next to each other and the, the same sermon is being taught and yet those four different people are hearing four different things. 
We see Jesus. You know, now I, as a minister, I'm always wanting to be yielded to the Holy Spirit and, and say say what the Holy Spirit tells me to say, of course, and be accurate with what is being expressed and, this, and to express it the highest way possible. I mean, that's 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 my heart's cry, right? To do those things, to be yielded and to be accurate. Uh, but I also know, and this is what I had to determine I don't know, fairly early on in ministry, is I had to realize that Jesus, he was perfect. He was perfect in how he delivered things. He always spoke the truth in love. He only said what he saw his father say and do. So he was yielded and accurate all the time. He never said one thing that was just in the flesh or was just his own mind or whatever. He said everything accurately and perfectly from heaven into the earth. And yet, even though he was the perfect sower and he was per- he was sowing the perfect seed and yet people walked away from his meetings with a, a variety of different as- uh, principles or perceptions of what he said uh, you know they they would have you know some had the perspective of oh he's he's a great teacher some thought that he was he was a crazy man some thought that he was a heretic some thought that he was blasphemous you know some people thought that 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 he was just full of the devil some people thought that that he was um you know that 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 he was you know the savior of the world so you understand there was there was a variety of perspectives that people you know pulled away from his meetings but yet he spoke the word perfectly and so here he is, the living example of Mark chapter 4 and the parable of the sower, and he's saying, listen, this is not about what the preacher is saying. This is about what the heart is hearing. So if I want to receive more, if I want to receive more, I don't have to, you know, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that every preacher out there is saying the right things, but I need to understand that the, the determining factor of what I receive is based on my heart, not, when they, not on what they say. And I am not there to be entertained. I'm not even there to be informed. I am there to yield to the Holy Spirit speaking. I'm here. I'm there to yield to the gift of God that's coming forth out of the heart of the person speaking. I'm there to yield to 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 correction and to admonishment and to even higher thoughts and higher ways. I'm there to yield to revelation that's coming forth that maybe I've never thought about before. I'm I'm there to yield to something that's rubbing up against a mentality I have. See, this is that's why I'm there. I'm not there to judge the person speaking i'm there to 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 literally just say okay i'm not i'm not a, a sponge that believes all things anybody says but i'm i'm there to allow the holy spirit to speak to me through that individual and so so the soil is is paramount right the soil is uh, has as a bigger determining factor than the seed okay the, the the soil determines more of the harvest than the seed and that's so imperative. That's so important. Now, the seed is determined. The seed determines the potential harvest that's going to come up, right? But the soil determines exactly what does come up, as far as it is as a determining factor. Um, the seed carries a potential, but the soil is what a, what puts a demand on that seed. The soil is designed to put a demand on that seed. Your heart is designed to put a demand on the Word of God to literally break it down and actually to to draw out the DNA of God Himself and to allow God himself to grow up on the inside of us praise God and to grow up into our lives as as you know as a harvest now um, with that uh, just knowing that that we we, we see the um, that we, we have the seed we have the soil but then we also have the environment and the environment is of course vastly important because once again if I let's just you know let's say that I have the, the perfect seed and um, I've got that acorn and I I, I have really good soil. I mean, I have a great little plot of land to put it in, and I go and I dig that soil, and 
and uh, and I I put it in I put it in there. Um, but if the environment is wrong, it's still not going to grow because something has to happen. Now, one of the things that I know just briefly, uh, in as far as agriculture goes, is that you you plant in a different season than you harvest. So. Typically, people will, you know, just depending. I mean, there's a lot of different different crops that grow at different times of the year, but but the majority of crops are planted in the springtime and they harvest in the summertime, right? Okay, so they they harvest at a different season than they are planted, and this is really important because because that tells me that the way God designed this to work is that that you 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 put the seed in the soil. And the atmospheric conditions are one way, but then when you go to harvest it, the atmospheric conditions are a different way, right? And if that if the atmosphere doesn't ever change, though, then the soil never heats up enough, uh, or never gets enough moisture, or never gets whatever it's supposed to be getting to actually put a demand on the seed the way it's supposed to. So if I if if you know if if I go and I um you know I plant I, I take a seed and I, I plant it uh, in the soil and then suddenly it just begins to snow, you know, and, and now here it is, it's, it's March and it begins to snow kind of weird, you know, obviously in Colorado it can happen every now and then, but, uh, but it just begins to snow and it snows like three feet. And let's say it just snows through the whole summer. Like we never even have, we don't, we never really even have a summer. We just have snow, right? We just have snow and it snows all summer long. And, uh, and then it snows all winter long. And then it snows all the way up until March again. And so here it is a year later. Now time has gone by. And the seed was in the soil, and the soil is good soil. But is that seed going to grow? No, it won't. It won't grow because the atmosphere around the soil didn't change. And and if, if I'm just expecting time to be enough, then I don't understand how seasons work. See, once again, we have to stop thinking about linear time and start thinking about seasons. Because if the season doesn't shift and change, if the season doesn't change, then the, the seed will never, ever come to a, a point of maturity. In, in other words, it will never put have a demand put on it. Now... Um, the problem is, like you know, I've actually talked to lots of people, and I've I've thought this myself over the years, where you know God has spoken something to us, or we prayed something out, or whatever, and then we just sit and we wait for time to go by. But you understand that seasons are not about time. Seasons really don't respect time at all. I don't know if you know that, but even though we ha- on our calendar we say that like you know March twenty first or whatever it is is the first official day of spring, or it's the twentieth, twenty first, whatever that is, is the first official day of spring. That doesn't mean that that. Uh, you know, at, at 12 a.m., you know, on, and on March 21st, it doesn't mean that suddenly, uh, you know, it, it, everything changes and we wake up the next day and it's springtime and everything is blooming. Um, you know, same thing is true with, with all the other seasons. There is a day on the calendar that is prescribed saying that this is going to be the first day of spring, the first day of fall, the first day of winter, the first day of summer. But that, that yeah, I don't know if you notice, the weather doesn't seem to cooperate with that all the time, right? The weather is not not sitting there waiting for June 21st for the first day of summer. You know, it can be 100 degrees in in May or it can wait till till, you know, September, but it doesn't it's not aligning it to a time frame. Seasons and time don't correlate. And so when we start thinking seasonally instead of time, then this helps in our prayer life and it helps in understanding that we can we can actually cooperate with a season much more readily. Or if we don't know if we don't understand how seasons work, 
We can literally not cooperate with the season, and the season will stay the same in our life for way too long. We can be in a season way too long. And I've seen this happen time and time again, where people will will think, well, you know, I know any day now something's going to change, and yet you're looking at the season isn't changing. If the season isn't changing, then the harvest isn't coming. If the season doesn't change, then no demand is put on the seed. No depend. There's nothing happening in with the word that's in our, in our heart unless the season changes. Because you know, seasons are not about time. It's not about dates. It's not about weeks or months or years. Season is about atmospheric change, right? The reason why we know that it's summer and not winter is because it's warmer outside, right? It's it's you know the 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 there, there's more there's just more heat going on. There's there's different things happening. The reason why we know it's springtime or it's it's fall or whatever is because there, there's there's shifts in the atmosphere. So so seasons are not about calendar days or or times. Seasons are about atmospheric shifts. And we as Christians, many times will we will we will stay way too long in a season because we think that we're waiting for something to happen. Like like somehow God's waiting for enough time to go by for something to happen. That's not true. The majority of things in our life are not about time, they are about seasons. And so we actually have a lot to do with the seasons in our life. We have we have a vast majority to do with the seasons in our life, but we have to learn to cooperate with these things. And so um, when when seasons shift, it, it literally is about atmospheric change, right? And um, and so, uh, the, okay, the, 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 the interesting thing about this is that uh, we know that... Um, you know, obviously, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, they used to they used to have what was called a geocentric uh, mindset of the universe, which meant that they thought that the Earth was the center of our solar system, that everything revolved around the Earth. Now we know that that is not the case anymore, right? So, um, you know, in so in summertime, uh, at least in the in the northern hemisphere, in summertime. Uh, that's where we experience the warmest time time of the year. Now, in the southern hemisphere, it's the coldest time of the year, right? And so, now the reason for that is because uh, the 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 Earth, you know, we 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 are on an axis and everything like that. I don't need to get into the science of it, but we are. Uh, you know, the, the, the Northern hemisphere is closer to the sun than the Southern hemisphere during that part of the year. And, uh, and so even though our orbit stays the same around the sun because of the position of, uh, the, and the axis of the earth, uh, during the summertime, the Northern hemisphere is, is, is leaned in closer to the sun and the sun of the hemisphere is leaned away a little bit from the sun. And so that's why we have, uh, you know, summer and winter like that. Uh, so, and then of course, as we are, as we're going around the sun, um, that axis shifts, you know, as, as we shift in our axis, that's why we have, you know, spring and fall too, because it's, it's shifting from one to the other. Now, anyway, um, not that you need to know any of that, but the point of it is, is that the Bible in Mark chapter four says that the earth is representative of our heart, that, that, uh, you know, our heart is what the seed goes into. And so we know that, in farming that the soil heats up you know in the summertime when the earth itself is closer to the sun the sun doesn't move the sun is the same all the time so the sun is a stationary object it does not change and yet the effect of the sun on the soil changes from winter to summer now the reason is once again because in the summertime the, that part of the earth is actually tilted closer to the sun. And so the sun didn't change, it was the proximity of the earth 
to the sun that changed. It was the earth that changed. The sun didn't change. Okay, and so I want you to see this, that that the seasons are not about time. It's not about a calendar event. It's not about that. It's about, you know, the, the, the position of the earth to the sun. It's, it's about the position of our heart to God himself. If I don't change my position of my heart to God, then my season will never change. I can put all of the word of God in my heart that I want. I could sit there and just dump seed after seed after seed after seed. But if, if, if it's snowing all the time, all year long in my heart, if my heart is nowhere closer to God than it was last week or last year or last month, then the, the, the season of my heart never shifts. The atmosphere around my heart never shifts. And so my heart doesn't put a demand on that seed. Okay, even though the seed has the power to do all things, this is this is why people once again it, it, there's a there is you know that's why he called it the, you have the wayside heart, you have the thorny ground heart, you have the stony heart, you have different hearts because it has to do with the soil and then it has to do with the proximity of the atmosphere around the soil has everything to do with what happens. I remember uh, um, you know. Uh, Oh, Rachel, you know, years ago, uh, back before we were married, before she even had moved to Tulsa, she worked at Walmart, and she actually worked at Walmart during, in Tulsa for a little bit too, but she worked at Walmart, and she worked in the uh, the garden section for a short time, I think, in Tulsa, and uh, she said that what would happen is people would come and they would buy ferns at, at Walmart, and they, they just would buy these ferns, and the ferns were fairly expensive. Now, you understand, I'm from Oregon the western part of Oregon, as a matter of fact, and the western part of Oregon, ferns are like weeds. Ferns just grow all over the stinking place, and they are like weeds. Weed, Walmart doesn't sell ferns in Oregon, okay? You don't need to, to sell ferns in Oregon because or, or, you know, ferns in western Oregon are just everywhere. And I remember the first time that Rachel was with, with me in Oregon, and we're hiking up a, a hill, and she's like standing there looking, and just like, I didn't know what she was looking at because she's just like, Wow. And I'm like, what, what, what's the deal? She goes, there's ferns. I'm like, yeah, they're all over the place. They're like, they're like weeds here. And she was just like in awe. Cause she, she was brought up in the Midwest where ferns don't grow naturally. Okay. Now, so she said these people, they would, they would uh, buy these ferns from Walmart because they liked ferns. They wanted the ferns. And so they would take them and, uh, and she said after just not very long, usually those same people would be back buying more ferns because the ferns would die. And the reason is because, because the environment in Tulsa is not fern friendly. Okay. I mean, if, if you're honestly, you know, this, that is an environment. There's a reason why ferns don't grow naturally in, in, in Tulsa and they do in Oregon. Okay. It's not just because of the soil it's because it's not a fern friendly environment. Oregon is wet. Oregon is cool. Oregon is damp. Oregon is, is, you know, gray, a good part of the year. You know, Tulsa is, you know, bitter cold in the wintertime and, and humid and in blazing hot in the summertime. It is not fern friendly. Okay. And so, but people would go buy a fern and they would take it home. And then they, they didn't realize that they were taking it from an enclosed environment at Walmart and they were taking it and putting it in an environment that was going to kill it in their house. And they didn't even realize this. Now, um, the, the, the thing is, this is what happens many times with people in, in the word of God, they, they get a prophecy or they get, uh, they, they read a scripture, they get revelation knowledge. They have, uh, hands laid on them. They have words spoken over them and they're like, glory to God, look what God's doing. Blah, 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 blah. And they get, they go home and they're excited and they have this word in their heart, but that, 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 that their heart is not in a prophecy friendly environment. 
Okay, their heart is not, even though that word was genuine, even though the word was accurate, even though the word went into their heart and, and their, their heart loves God, it's still, it's like, oh, uh, you get into an environment that's filled with strife or filled with unbelief or f- filled with pride or filled with, with um, just old traditional thoughts. The, you know, Jesus said that, that tradition makes the word of God of none effect. That, that's, how, that's how potent tradition is. That's how devastating the, the, uh, uh, tradition is, that it will make the Word of God of none effect. And so when we take the Word of God into our heart, what we, have to re- what we have to begin to do is realize, oh, the Word is here, and what I have to do is change the season. I have to change the position of my heart with God. And I have to say, okay, Lord, this word is here. And if you're wanting this word in my heart, you wanted, you know, God's no respecter of persons. He's not holding out on us. He literally wants us to walk in, in, in everything every day. He daily loads us with benefits. So he doesn't have a prescribed time for us to walk in more freedom. Okay. He does, he's not saying, well, on this day and this hour, I'm going to give you more freedom. He already gave us freely all things when he gave us Jesus. But the problem is our heart wasn't at a place to receive it or the atmosphere around our heart is not at a, at a position at a position to grow it and so we have to begin to condition our heart we have to begin to deal with offenses we have to get begin to deal with these different things and position our heart to get it in the right atmosphere so it, so it doesn't kill or 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 or, or not kill kills the wrong word but it doesn't it doesn't cause that seed to remain dormant okay because the seed can remain dormant for years and years and years it still carries the same potential and the moment that you get it into the right atmosphere it will begin to grow praise god so it's not like you kill the seed it's just it's it's it's, it's there, you know, the, the word of God is not a fern. Okay, the word of God is not that delicate. Okay, it's eternal. It's infinite. It's powerful. Praise God. Uh, but it can remain dormant, and so. There's a lot of Christians all over this planet that have so many seeds on the inside of them, and those seeds still get them excited, but they haven't seen the harvest, not because of lack of time, but because of lack of atmospheric shifts and changes. We haven't can, we haven't shifted our heart to to actually. Uh, acknowledge the things of God in our life in a different way. And um, with that, we need to, let's, let's pray. We're going to get into this next time a little bit. So Father, we just thank you, Lord God. Just reveal to us. Father, reveal to us ways that we can shift our heart, ways that we can actually shift and actually create a a, a prophecy-friendly, a, a, a promise-friendly, a harvest-friendly environment in our heart. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.